Welcome to episode 32 of Viper Crew Spotlight. I'm your host, Wack. Join alongside, as always, Jackson and Ashton. Let's check in on our boys here. Jackson, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Uh, another busy week. We've got week four now. A lot of teams have bye weeks uh, this week, but I'll be out tomorrow covering, or when this airs on Friday, uh, covering New Caney Woodland. So very excited for that big time district matchup. But overall, been a busy week in recruitment as well. Ashton, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's been a been a busy week, so a, a much needed bye week. Only uh, one game for me this week: uh, Katie Paytow and Morton Ranch today, which would be yesterday, the day that goes up. But yeah, just super excited to get into some uh, recruiting news today. Let's go ahead and get into that. Last week, of course, we talked about Texas and the importance of the Bama game, and lo and behold. Uh, a lot better than probably almost everyone, except maybe people in that locker room, um, thought that game would go. I mean, they really had a chance to to take that that win. You know, people are going to talk about controversial non calls and stuff, which there were. But at the end of the day, you got to make the plays. When you can't rely on the refs. That being said, Texas only loses by a point, and like I said, it came down to really one of the last few plays of the game. Uh, that's going to be good for for Texas from a recruiting standpoint. You know, you don't like to talk about. Um, you know, moral victories, but that's gotta be a really good sign for Texas on the recruiting front. Um, Jackson and Ashton, don't you think? I'll get your thoughts on that. I know we talked about what this game would mean, and, and so now that that's taken place, there's even rumblings of maybe a couple of commits from other schools. You know, maybe they're taking a having some second thoughts about you know maybe they should come to Texas. So that being said, let's turn it over and get your thoughts on this game and what what impact it could have on the Texas high school football recruiting world. Yeah, I think that uh, playing them tight like they did was uh, really impressive. I think it's not, like you said, it's not what a lot of people thought was going to happen. And uh, obviously that means a lot to recruits to see that they're trending the right direction. Um, I I feel like this is definitely going to impact keeping a lot of their kids that maybe we talked about could potentially flip after watching that game. But I think that uh, how tight they played them really is going to keep those guys and it's going to help them. Uh, winning some battles that they have with uh, some of the recruits still left on the table. Ashton, what are your thoughts on the, on that game and, and the ramifications it could have? Yeah, just to kind of piggyback of what Jackson said, uh, whatever guys that maybe may have been on the bubble may now be more inclined to commit to UT. Like like we talked about last week, the, the, the old, uh, if you come here, we can beat them. So now that they really only lost by one point. The the emphasis on if you're able to come here, hey, like we do have a chance at beating these guys. Here you go, prediction time. When we see someone, doesn't have to be now, it could be later in the season, right? Do we see some someone decommit and flip to Texas because of you know, maybe maybe not solely because of this win, just random random prediction time. Don't have to be right. Uh but what do you think? Ashton, do you think that we'll see a, a someone decommit and flip uh, to Texas now? Well, to, to not name names, I, I know everyone's the, – there's a the big elephant in the room uh, that John T. Cook has been pointing out the last week or so. If you uh, really keep up with uh, the Texas high school football recruiting world, you, you know who I'm talking about. And it, uh, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sold that this game will flip some people, but it'll definitely turn some heads, and people are really going to take UT a little more serious. But to give an answer – 
I'm not sure that this game is going to flip a whole bunch of people, especially the one that, that Jonte Cook's going after. But yeah, that's just me. And Jackson, I really think your answer is going to be no because I can I can see you on my end when when Ashton's talking. So I'm assuming your your answer is no. This isn't going to flip anybody, not anybody. I mean, I think you will flip people, but the but like Ashton said, the person that Jonte is really going after, uh, I I know a lot of people that are in touch with uh, the kid that we are not naming right now. Um, and I don't know why, why he's we, very why are we, locked. Why aren't we naming him? It's Anthony Hill, guys. Come on, everyone knows. I, yeah. I mean, I think Anthony's locked in. He's a guy that he said once he's committed, like he's shut down his recruitment. I think this is really just Jonte trying to go after him. And yeah, Anthony's liking the tweet and whatever, but that's just to add some like, you, you want people just consp- conspiring on Twitter, like, oh, he could decommit. Oh, he could flip. That's just kind of the nature of how recruiting is nowadays. I don't think that, I think it is impressive to look at, but I think when you're Anthony Hill and you look at, uh, from a playing standpoint, he's a guy who's going to come and play right away at AM. So I am playing with a D line that's pretty solid. So I, I don't see him flipping. Now, do I think other people might flip? Yes. I think that's always very possible. I think a game like this is definitely going to help do that. But in regards to Anthony Hill, I don't think that, that this game really helps flip him. Hey, now, Texas D line looked pretty good on. Uh... On Saturday, I think Colton might be the other name. People are probably, you know, could he flip from Oklahoma? Um, let, let's kind of turn. Let's kind of flip it now and, and and ponder this question. I hate to do this to you, Jackson, but on the flip side, does that A and M loss hurt them in, in, on the recruiting front at all? I mean, you know, not really a loss that you know you, you would have really expected coming into that game. Um, you know, could that hurt? You know, especially when you look defensive side. Uh, that you know, I mean, they only gave up what? What was it? Seventeen points, I believe it was. So not worried there. But I'm talking about on offensive front where there's clearly some issues there that need to be addressed. Could, could that potentially hurt? I mean, I think you always can say yes to potentially. But let's get your opinions, uh, Jackson. Let's come to you as the you know resident A and M fan here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not something you want as a school recruiting, especially offensive players. But when you look at it in the aspect of uh, quarterback play and play calling just wasn't there. And it really was just coaching uh, in that game. And of course, like as a recruit, you want to go to a school that has great coaches. And A&M does have great coaches. I just don't think the scheme's all there right now. And that's going to be fixed. And we'll see if it's fixed against Miami. I think that's a big tell. Uh, but I, I think it hurts a little bit, but at the same time, the guys that they're going after, uh, especially the guys that are already committed, they're locked in, they're, they're ready to go. They want to make an impact. And, uh, as they can see right now, they've, a playing 20 plus freshmen and sophomores on both sides of the ball. If that's not attractive to a young player, that's a highly rated player to want to go play, uh, in the best division of football. I mean, I, I think that says it all it was a tough loss it it was definitely one that hurts but i don't think it necessarily is going to really damage recruiting that much well first off thank you for um you know um taking the ease off that loss to bama because i mean i was hurting a little bit there that one point loss and then you know cheer me up a little bit i'm not gonna lie cheer me up a little bit let's get the unbiased take right we talked to the a&m uh a&m um fan so let's get the unbiased take here ashton what do you think could this potentially affect, um, you know, recruiting on the A&M side? I mean, anything can really affect recruiting. 
Um, do I think losing to Appalachia State hurts a little bit more? Yes, but I think the flip side of it is where do they go from here? Obviously, not a lot of people are happy with Jimbo. They, I mean, if you go down Twitter, it's all you've been seeing. They're not happy with Haynes King. Yeah, a lot of it is going to come down to what these coaches do to change the narrative of whatever is going on at AM. I think the biggest thing here is how they go forward with Miami. You've got a lot of big-time recruits coming in for this Miami game, not only for AM, but also Miami. I mean, you've got a lot of guys from Florida and Louisiana and Georgia that are coming in to see this game. And I think that if you're AM and you flip the script, change the narrative, you're not only going to continue to lock in those guys, but also may be able to pick up some more. Yeah, and, and kind of final final thoughts on this is simply that at the end of the day, I think for the most part, I think this is only going to affect recruits that you know may not have been 100% when they committed, right? Sometimes a, a recruit will commit, and they're not exactly 100%. Maybe they're 80, 90, 95%. But, you know, a trajectory of a team can can sway them, and we've seen it plenty of times. I mean, uh, we saw it last year with Texas losing a couple of recruits because of the way that season went. Um, so it's all about the narrative you can spin, right? Can you can you, can you you convince them that, hey, just because this is a bad season doesn't mean next season will be, and you can be that missing piece. So at the end of the day, I think it's too soon to really tell, you know, from a Texas standpoint from losing to the number one team in the na- or number two now uh, a team in the nation by one point when in all honesty you probably should have won that game probably would have won it if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt and that's just me being a Texas fan I'm going to say that of course I mean I still think they would have won in tw- you know 2009 without Colt McCoy or yeah, 20, 2009 with, no 2010 yeah, I think that's when it was when Colt McCoy got hurt. But the, you know, that's just the fan of me, right? We're all gonna, as a fan, I'm gonna have a little bit of bias. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, this won't. I think this won't re- affect recruiting quite yet. Of course, like I said, unless a, a, a recruit was kind of right on the cusp, right? They didn't really know. They're not all in, all that, but they wanted to commit. See, I, I saw you raise your hand. What, what do you have to add? So uh, to kind of tie it into going into to local recruits or Texas recruits. I think this Miami game is going to be really big for DJ Lagway and where he's going to go. Uh, I know just moments or a couple, a couple hours before we got on the show, he said that he's going to announce his top 10. Uh, I think this Miami A&M game, cause he's going to be in attendance. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think this game is going to be really big for them. So I forgot to mention that in the, the whole, where does this go for recruits? But, like I said, getting bigger guys in this Miami game for A and M would be huge. Let's go ahead and jump to you know some other news. I know Jackson. I saw you kind of raise your hand when 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 he brought up DJ Lagway. So let's go ahead and talk about other news across the state of Texas high school football when it comes to recruiting. Jackson, I'll turn to you now. What uh, I'm sure you probably want to talk about that, but you know, with that, you talk your mind on that, and any other news you want to kind of throw our way. Yeah, I, I just wanted to piggyback off of that. Lagway will be there this Saturday in College Station. Uh, this is his uh, second visit in the past two weeks. He visited Florida last week to watch Florida take on Kentucky. Uh, and now he's heading to Texas A&M. These are two programs that have really been pushing him in Florida and A&M. I expect A&M to be in this top 10. Uh, but I think, that, like Ashton said, it, it is going to be a game that you want to impress Lagway. Uh, I think that A&M has the ability to do that. And 
all regards, it's just going to be a great atmosphere for the game. So uh, that will definitely impact a kid like him and definitely a highly rated kid to watch out for his top 10 this weekend. Uh, in other news, I've got Justin Williams, number one linebacker in the state, class of 2024, who we had on the show last week. He picked up an offer from USC. Uh, that's a big offer for him as he's his recruitment has been kind of lulling in the past couple of months, but uh, it's picking back up, ramping back up. That's a big offer for him uh, with that new staff in Lincoln Riley and USC. Uh, other than that, I also got Ashton Funk, uh, class of 2024 offense alignment from Tompkins, picked up an offer from Auburn. Uh, his recruitment really blew up this summer and this past offseason. Uh, it's continuing on right now as Tompkins is having a really good year. Uh, so expect that list to continue on. But uh, that, that's pretty much all I got for this week. But, yeah. Ashton, any other news from across the state that you want to um, bring up before we head to our interview this week? So to, to kind of pick off where uh, we started with Justin Williams, I think Coach Grinch – uh, we're starting to starting to recruit Williams is really gonna the UNC Lincoln Riley or USC sorry Lincoln Riley and Coach Grinch they're really gonna start digging deeper into some of these Texas kids. Uh, obviously Ashton Funk got Auburn, but he also got Louisville the day prior, and then uh, a CE King safety Levante Johnson. If I pronounced that wrong. My apologies. He got an offer from Houston, and uh, 2024. Uh, Timpson wide receiver Vosky Howard also received uh, offers from Auburn and Vanderbilt. Showing a little love to the small schools. Ashton, gotta love it. What well, is interview time? And boy, do we have a good one for you today. Let's just jump into it right now. Here is our interview this week. So it looks like our interview for the week had to cancel last second. So unfortunately, this week we will not be having an interview. Return you to the show now. And it is now time for our, I guess, 1A of our final segment, as we like to call it, because 1B is, of course, our shout outs. But let's move to our under the radar segment, which is, of course, a segment where we like to, uh, you know, um, talk about athletes we feel are under the radar for one reason or another. You know, they're highly kind of four or five star that's just not getting as many offers as we feel they should, or they're a kid that doesn't have maybe any stars and, and you know, you could see. You can see the skill on tape, and they're just not getting recruited for one reason or another. That being said, Jackson, who is your under-the-radar athlete this week? Yeah, my under-the-radar athlete this week is uh, James Cave from Parish Episcopal High School. He's a class of 2023 defensive end. He's 6'6", uh, 240. He's just a long, lengthy kid. He's got three offers as of night, right now from Air Force, Georgetown, and Stetson. I expect him to really kind of gain some momentum here as – uh, Parish Episcopal has really been going off this year. They just beat LBJ last week pretty decisively. They've beaten Alito, and they also took down Episcopal, and then they have a big-time matchup with South Oak Cliff uh, when this show airs on Friday. Uh, he's a kid that really just uh, sets the edge on the outside, has great pass rush ability, also has the ability to fill the gap, fill the hole in the run game, has great punch, great twitch, uh, great speed off the edge. So he's definitely a kid I expect to – uh, start picking up some more uh, D1 offers here pretty soon. And he's also a great academic kid, 3.5 GPA and 30 uh, ACT score. So really, a really smart kid and a really smart football player. And I expect him to really uh, start to see his recruitment uh, go in the right direction here in the next couple of months. Ashton, let's turn to you now. Who is your under the radar athlete for this week? My under-the-radar athlete of the week is Kay Tessier, a senior Lake Creek quarterback. 
Through three games, Lake Creek has averaged 51 points under the reign of Kate Tessier. He has thrown for 533 yards with four touchdowns. He also has nearly 300 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. Standing at 6'4", weighing in at 205, Tessier is one of the bigger quarterbacks in the Houston area, but is also able and capable of running a 4-5-40. Tessier does a great job utilizing his strength when throwing downfield, his size and his quickness when getting out of the pocket, and most importantly, he leads. He was able to show off his talent over the summer at the A&M camp, where he was able to get some recognition from some of the recruiting websites. They had kind of gone a little bit more in-depth on his recruitment and where they expect him to go. This is a young Lake Creek team. They've only been to the playoffs just once in the last four years. With Tessier leading this team, I think they have a great chance of making it to the playoffs this year and even further. My under-the-radar athlete this week is going to be Deuce Adams out of 5A New Braunfels Canyon. Adams, he currently holds six offers. He's a class of 2024 quarterback, so, you know, of course, that could be why, right? You know, class of 2024 – Sometimes they don't pick up those offers till later on, but I feel like he he should still have more. Stands at six foot two and weighs in at 175 pounds, and could end up being one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2024 when all is said and done. I uh, really like all the intangibles he he has. I have him on, as my under the radar because even though he's a junior, again, I feel like he, he should have more than six offers. Is all the d- dynamics you like to see as a quarterback? He has the accuracy. He has the patience. He has he he sometimes you know he has that patience to let the play develop, which and you'll even see it sometimes here in these clips I'm showing from their game against New Braunfels. Um, he has that that uh, pocket presence you like to see. I mean, he knows when that defender is coming you know, on that blind side. Uh, he's he's got the confidence to improvise uh, when needed. And as a junior, that's really that's really what you like to see from a young quarterback. He's off to a hot start this year. He's thrown for almost nine hundred over nine hundred yards already. Eleven touchdowns. Again, looked very impressive against his win over a uh, 6A opponent in New Braunfels. So my under the radar this week, Deuce Adams out of New Braunfels Canyon. If you or someone you know wants to be on this show, hit us up in the comments. Let us know in the DMs. Send us emails. We will cover you. That's what we like to do. That's what this segment is all about. That being said, let's get our shout-outs and get out of here. Jackson, who are you shouting out? Yeah, I'm going to shout out you guys. Uh, another great show, episode 32. Uh, we've been going strong. You're going to keep going uh, through the rest of the football season in the spring. Uh, other than that, uh, shout out to all A&M fans who had a tough loss last week. Hopefully we bounce back this week expecting a big game. Ashton, who are you shouting out this week? So um, shout out three people. Uh, I'm going to start out with y'all. Like you said, episode 32. It just feels like I just got on the show not long ago, and it's, it's been a fun ride. And uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Tomball's coach, Dave Handel, under his uh, new reign. He got his first W against Praylon Dawson last week. And I'm going to shout out Matthew Golden from Klein Kane. He, uh, he really showed out against Texas Tech, and, I mean, he's scoring a touchdown. And I think he's going to be a really good freshman down the line for this uh, young Houston Cougars team. I'm going to shout out Austin's own Charles White. Of course, this third-string quarterback out of UT. He might be starting. No, no one really knows who's starting on Saturday. Sark is being very tight-lipped about it. In fact, he said he said something along, along the lines of today. is like, if I wanted you to know who we're going to be playing on Saturday, I'll let you guys come to practice. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, um, keeping it very tight-lipped. 
Um, but, you know, Charles Varney could play and, and you know, got to give him a shout out because he could have probably gone to another college, maybe, you know, maybe not a power five score or something like that. Um, you know, he comes, he's out of Austin. He went to, uh, he played for the Austin Maroons, um, but he went to Texas. He, he took and, you know, developed nicely from what Sark is saying. So shout out to Charles Wright, who might get that, get, might get that start with the injury to Ewers and, and, and uh, Hudson Carr not being a hundred percent. So that being said, we are here every Friday for Viper Recruit Spotlight at three o'clock. Now, uh, you can find us, you know, Monday through fr- uh, Friday here at, at three o'clock with some type of podcast or show. So until next week, I am Wack, that's Jackson and Ashton. We'll see you at the games. <laughs>